Lift our voices. Your word, Lord. We believe, yes. And thy word, we must the situation. Speak today. Hearts are open. And raised in the house. Saints, um, just a correction. Uh, Brother Manla came to tell me now that the DVDs, the sermon is too long, so three or four won't fit on one DVD, so it's 30 rand each. Mm. Sorry, amen. <laughs> uh, but it's still worth it, eh? Amen. Speak today. My heart's Stand on our feet and worship the Lord. Your word, yeah. We believe at thy word. We must the situation. Speak today. Hearts are open. expectations. Amen. Amen. God will respond and meet you according to the level of your expectations. Amen. So we are very much thankful to see all of you. Maybe while you are standing, there is an invite for you from uh, to Pastor Madiva and the, and the church. This is from uh, the scripture says, and Adam said, This is the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. 
Genesis 2:23, Junior Mapuzi, together with Yvonne Sehwe, requested the honor of your presence at the uh, the marriage of their children, Lebogang Mapuzi and Lebogang uh, Lebogang. Is it Lebogang? Lebogang. Lebogang. Lebogang is getting married to Lebogang. All right. That brings memories when we do mele got married to Amen. So Olewang Mapuzi and Olewang Sehwe. And then it will be Saturday, the 21st October 2017 at 9 o'clock at Soshanguve. So the address you can get it from the deacons. I will definitely be attending this one. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. And then uh, we were running a campaign to say back to church Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many visitors do we have this morning that can raise their hands? All right. All right. God bless you richly. We are happy to have you as Brother White welcomed you. You are at home. Amen. God bless you. We must invite people to church. Amen. Grab your neighbor, grab somebody and say, let us go to the house of the Lord. God is still speaking in our time. Amen. Uh, I've got a very long scripture here, but I don't want you to be standing for long. Matthew 25. God bless you. Let's worship and team. God bless you, Brother Michael. Kadiwa. Amen. Matthew 25, from verse 14. Actually, I think to redeem time, this one will read it while you are seated. Let's go rather to Psalm 24, verse 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. I want us to read it together on the screen. Amen. Yes, it says the earth. Amen. That is liberty like that. So the earth and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, all of them, all of them are of our Lord. So this morning, you are not your own property. You are God's property. Are we together? You don't own yourself, you are owned. Amen. Are we together? Yes. Proverbs 18, verse 16. We will read it all together. Proverbs 18, verse 16. 
Amen. Amen. A man's gift maketh the room for him, and it bringeth him before great men. How many agree with that? Amen. Maybe while at it, I just want to do this, and then we're as well ready together. Uh, Romans 11. Verse 29. Only Romans 11, verse 29. We will as well read it together. For. Amen. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. That means God does not wait until you repent, then give you a gift. You have a gift even before you repent. Amen. So you will see the gifts, uh, you are born with them, they are innate, they are in you. Amen. So if you are a singer, you were a great singer before repentance. You are a great singer after repentance. Are we together? How many believe that Michael Jackson was gifted? Amen. But yet, yet not repented. Are we together? Uh, But the beauty is a gift on the other side of repentance. It becomes a blessing in the kingdom of God. Amen. And a gift outside repentance it advances the, the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, this morning we are very much thankful for everything that you have done for us. Lord, we just want to thank you for the believers that are here and remembering the sister to Brother Mshnavi. They just received a newborn. We are very much thankful for what you have done for the family. They've waited this against all odds. And by faith today, there is a child that is born, which tells us that you are in, still in the business of making miracles. And Heavenly Father, may you partner with the doctors that the mother and the, uh, the child must come out well and be praising God. Because this is another testimony that we have in the end time. And Lord, maybe there is somebody in the building that is looking for a child. On the basis of this, I have got confidence that you can grant them their heart's desire. And we just want to commit all our visitors, we commit all the believers to you. May it be a profitable Sunday. They are coming here, may it not be in vain. May they walk away encouraged. May they walk away more determined to be role players in the kingdom of God. I believe you've got something to say to everybody this morning. And my desire is that as you will be speaking, let me not miss my portion. 
And let it be a desire of every man and woman in the building. Let them not miss their portion. This service can change an eternal destination of somebody. This service can change the outlook of somebody on life. We believe there's a lot that can happen in this service. And that is why we want you to help us to bind every undesirable spirit so that the Holy Spirit can move in a very in an unhindered manner and minister from city to city. If there is a deliverance that is needed, may there be deliverance. If there is a healing needed, may there be a healing. But Lord, I know whenever believers are gathered and are gathered in one accord, there has never been a time where you disappointed them. There will always be a miracle that emerge. And I believe somebody will be a miracle through this service, dear God. I know there is nothing impossible with you. If there is a situation in the building, I'm bringing that situation under the power of God. And may you move upon that situation so that whoever is involved in that situation can know that my God is alive. Maybe there is a mother in the building that is crying for his children, her children. You are more than capable to do what is required. Maybe there is a, a marriage that is under strain. It can be turned into a honeymoon marriage. Lord, we are, we, there is a tra- power of transformation this morning. May you move, dear God. As I'm standing here, I'm standing here as a channel. I'm no different from the people that are sitting on the pews. As they need grace, I need grace. As they will be, as you will be speaking to them, speak to me, dear God. I do not want to be excluded as they sang a song. Don't do anything without involving me. I want to be part of it, dear God. I want to be part of the program of God. And Lord, we thank you for everything as we committed the reading of the way to you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. God bless you richly. We are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. How many people the Lord has been good to throughout the week? Amen. Yeah, then, you know, so I was, somebody was saying, if you really have got nothing to thank God for, if you really, really have got, got nothing to thank God for, just thank him that your internal organs are not itching. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. How are you going to scratch them? Hallelujah. I'm just giving a reason that this morning... We have every reason to raise our hands and worship our almighty God and thank him for what he has done for us. Uh, are we together? Uh, folks, uh, uh, there's a, a pastor that told me a story and he said he was doing pastoral visits. He had to go to a hospital to visit a, an old lady that had suffered a stroke and the one of her sides 
was paralyzed. And she say, he says when he got there, uh, as, he, as he walked in, the old lady screamed at the top of her voice and said, Amen! And then the man was obviously startled and said, why would she say amen in a hospital? I says, no, Pastor, when I saw you walking in, I realized we are going to have church. <laughs> Hallelujah. In a hospital. And he said, the pastor says, the old lady grabbed the hand that was working and grabbed the hand that was paralyzed and lifted the other hand and say, you hand, we're going to worship God. Amen. Hallelujah. If somebody in the hospital can do it like that, and you are an abled body with both of your hands working, if I was you this morning, I would give a God a, a round of applause and say, I thank you that you saved me from a lot of things. Amen. Uh, folks, we've got to be full of gratitude. We've got to be full of gratitude. This God that we worship, he, he does things in a very subtle manner. But if you are very discerning, I can tell you, you can begin to count and say, there it was the Lord. There it was the Lord. Even there it was the Lord. And before you knew it, you are jumping up and down. Amen. I don't, know, I don't want formality in church. This is where we let down our gut. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you ever, I don't know those that, are there people that have been redeemed from a nightclub? Anyone that used to be, don't be ashamed folks. It's an old life. We were not going to count it against you. How many were redeemed from a nightclub? Hallelujah. You, you, you know, when you are in a night, have you seen how happy they are? Uh, hallelujah. And at night club, when somebody is dancing, there's no one that looks and says, how do they dance? They just say, how do I join in? It's only in church when somebody dances, somebody says, but what is happening with that one? But uh, we've got to be drunk with the Holy Spirit and lose ourselves in the presence of the Almighty God. Uh, are you here, folks? Amen. Are we together? And if you've got a, a sin that is holding you from worshiping God, confess it so that God can release you from the stronghold of the devil so that you can be free in God's presence and say, David, I've got the right to worship the almighty God. Amen. Because uh, that is the danger part. Some people, when they need to worship and let it out, the devil jumps onto the shoulder and says, you know the matter. Hallelujah. You know what to do. See the pastor sort it out. And next Sunday, jump up and down and say, demon, devil, I'm free. Hallelujah. I'm free. Amen. All right. You can hear I'm very happy. Amen. Brother Brenham, I'll get somewhere. He says, a human being was made to be happy. Amen. Happiness is not a privilege. It's our right. Amen. And if you are not happy, see me so that we can sort it out. I want you to be happy. 
I want to speak this morning on stewardship. Amen. Amen. Stewardship. Uh, don't be nervous, folks. So a lot of times when you say stewardship, people think, yeah, today they, he is going to tell us about tithe. Yeah. It's broader than tithe. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. No, not negating tithe. I see the trustees are looking at me. Tithe is important. Uh, amen. It, it helps us to move forward. Amen. Um, to finance the ministry. Are we together? Uh, the hand that giveth is the hand that is blessed. Amen. Maybe uh, so that I'm in, I'm in good books with the trustees, I'd much better get this out of my way right away. A brother was earning a thousand rent. What is the 10% of 1,000? 100 rent. And he faithfully gave 100, 100 as a tithe. Then later, he was promoted. Uh, they gave him 50,000 rents. Then he said, hey, what is 50, what's 10% of 50,000? Then he looked and said, 5,000 is a car installment. Rather than giving it to a church, I, um, I can sort it out, I can buy, maybe do some things. Then came to the pastor and said, Pastor, hey, I've got issues. I can't give 5000 every month. The pastor said, oh, but you were giving 100 rands every month when you were earning 1000 says, yeah, it's becoming difficult, pastor. Pray for me. The pastor says, by all means, let's kneel down and pray together. And the pastor prayed this prayer. Heavenly Father, here we've got our brother. You, he used to earn a thousand. You blessed him and gave him a salary of 50,000. We are asking you to reduce his salary <laughs> back to 1,000. Hallelujah. Now, while the prayer was going on, the brother opened the eyes. Hallelujah. And after the pastor says, no, I'm just bringing you to the realm where you are faithful. Because now you are high up there, you are not faithful. So I'm just bringing you where you used to be. Hallelujah. Amen. So that prayer worked. The brother realized that, hey, God can promote and God can demote. Amen. God can promote and God can demote. Hallelujah. Amen. And folks, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you. Uh, my, my desire this morning is to help you. Uh, and I've got some very ingredients of success. Oh, yes. Uh, how many want to be? I'm not talking about success where they say 15 ways of success. Uh, and the same person that wrote it later, he files for bankruptcy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ingredients that have been authorized by the prophet of the hour. Are we together? 
under the anointing of the hour. Amen. A sister was telling me before I go uh, uh, somewhere, it was a testimony. She told me, I think it's after I preached, there's a message that I preached, I forgot the title. She came to me and said, Pastor, you have no idea there was a time when in the house there was absolutely nothing. We had no means to buy whatever we wanted to buy. And says, but uh, I prayed. and said, God, tomorrow by this time, I need not to be in the same position that I am. And she says, while she was on her way, I don't know whether she was taking kids to school, uh, uh, but she was going somewhere. When she was on her way there, she found the coins uh, scattered on the road, on the ground. And she began to pick up the coins. And there was another lady who, I'm told, I think she was Catholic, was as well picking up the coins. And she, it was like somebody just came and it, it wasn't, she said it wasn't as if somebody dropped the money because of the way it was scattered. Then she began to pick up the coins, those coins. She said the money that she collected from the ground was exactly the money that she needed as a provision. And my question is, who dropped the money there? Who knew that she needed exactly that and prayed a night before? Folks, this God that we serve, he is a provider. He will provide for our needs. Amen. And, and it's, it's, not, it's not good for a child of God to suffer. Hallelujah. I, I'm, I don't subscribe to that. I subscribe that God must provide for his children. Because he's got a scripture that says, He who does not provide to his household, he is worse than an infidel. Are we together? And if God allowed that scripture there, that means he will not behave in that manner. He will take care of his own. You just need to make sure that you are aligned with the will of God. You will see there is nothing that is going to stand in your way. Are we together? Amen. And that is why our, when I say success, I'm not going to say you need to have some vava voom. I'm just saying get your life right with Christ. That is the fundamental thing that you've got to do. Are we together? Amen. Uh, I, I, the reason I want to speak about stewardship and broaden it is because I'm persuaded to believe that no one came into this world empty. No one came into this world empty. I see others are nodding, others are amazed. No one in this building today is empty. They've got something that they can offer to the kingdom of God. Are we together? Amen. And that thing, whatever they have, it was not given to them by a man. They were born with it because it comes from the almighty God. Are we together? That's what I want to speak on uh, this, this morning. But firstly, let's read this longer scripture that I spoke about. Matthew 25, verse 14. 
is Matthew. Is your sister in the church, brother? Oh, okay. There's the sister to brother, Mevin. Is she around? If she can just raise her hand while we're looking for the scripture. Where is she? What's next, sister Maseko? Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, does she speak the Belgium, French, or the, the French in, from Congo? Oh, comment ça va? Merci beaucoup. Amen. Yes. Because when she speaks the Belgium, I was supposed to say bonjour. Amen. Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of heaven, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. They were given these goods freely. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Did you hear to every man according to his several ability. So that means the one that was given one could not look at the one that was given five and say, why can't I be like that? Uh, what, causes self, what causes poor self-esteem is when you, you look at what God has given other people and fail to see what God has given you. Hallelujah. It creates a feeling of insufficiency. Because you are looking and admiring somebody and say, why do, why do they have that? No, 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 no. You must look and say, God, what have you given me that I must use for the betterment of your kingdom? And likewise, in verse 17 or verse 16, then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. So that means whatever he was given, he doubled up. Hallelujah. Do you get it? And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. He as well doubled. But he that had received one, went and digged in the earth and hid his lost money. So talent here is used figuratively as money. Uh, and I'm going to use that interchangeably, but I'm more on a talent. Are we together? I, I, I don't know, even before I go ahead, I think the one that was given five, it gave him the confidence that I've got five, and because to trade, that means there was a, a risk element to it. And after the risk was taken, uh, he doubled up. The two, he doubled up. But this one, the one, and if you were to ask me who was in a better position, it was not the one that had five. It was not the one that had two. It was the one that had one. Because with one, you've got focus. Uh, are we together? 
But with five, I mean, if I, may, if I could be a pianist and be a preacher and be a song leader, I'm not going to be able to master all of them. Are we together? But the, the, the one that was given one had an opportunity for specialization. But the very fellow that was given one, he did not, the Bible says he, he took the very thing that he had. Likewise, he that, he, but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. This guy did not want to take responsibility. All he wanted to know it was to say, I know where I buried the money. When the time comes for me to give it to the master, I know on which ground to go and take it. But from that ground, there was no opportunity to multiply. Are we, for, are you, are we together, folks? Uh, already you are, in terms of stewardship, you know where I'm going. The people that God had given talents to, and they tried to be shy and try to preserve it and say, this is me. If I do it, what will the people say? I'm very shy. You are in a terrible position. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, For me, I would rather, Brother Brum say, I would rather meet God as somebody that tried rather than to meet him as somebody that never tried a thing. Are you here, folks? Rather than, don't ever meet God as a failure. Meet him as somebody that say, God, I did all I could, and I tried my best. And when I'm speaking about this talent, maybe your mind, I just want to broaden it a bit. I'm not referring only to being a preacher. I'm not referring only to being a, a, a pianist or a song leader or whatever it may be. I'm referring that to some of the talents, it could be that you, your ministry was called just to testify. To tell the people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But if you, if you begin, if God had bestowed that gift upon you to go around and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ, and you say, you know, I don't want to be too forward, and you are playing it safe, you're going to be embarrassed when your master cometh because he's going to say, I gave you this gift. What have you done about it? Are we together? Folks, my desire this morning is that when I reach the, 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 the chilling hand of death, I wanted to have given out everything that God had deposited in me. Uh, hallelujah. I don't worry about critics. I don't worry about critics. They were not there when God shaped me. They were not there when God formed me. They don't understand my commission. So I'm, going, I'm not going to serve critics. I'm going to serve my maker. And if I've got to speak about the Lord Jesus Christ at my workplace, so be it. If I've got to speak about him in the, in the mall, so be it. Because why? I'm a custodian of something that does not belong to me. I was given this by the master and I must use it to its full potential so that when he comes, I can say, I did my best. Are we together? This morning, I'm addressing stewards. A steward is somebody that, that does not own something but manages on the behalf of the master in order to make it more profitable. Are we together? 
And while I did, I'd much better tell you, uh, Brother Bram says, there are many frustrations in a leader's heart. Not frustrations, frustrations, pressure points in a leader's heart. My, 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 my pressure points always is to say, if I'm the pastor and God has given me this church to lead, it's not a right, it's a privilege. What am I doing about this? Because at some point in time, I'm going to be accountable. Am I bringing out the best in what God has put in his people? Am I creating the right environment for people to grow so that they become shining example in the economy of God so that unbelievers can look at them and say, if that guy before he accepted the Lord was like that, but now he's that way, I, I, I want to be like that guy. I want, to, I, want, I want to accept the Lord and be like that guy. Are we together? And that is why our, our ministry is based on building rather than destroying. It is easy to destroy, but it's difficult to build. Are we together? I hope you're with me here. Now, and after a long time, that this guy had put this thing in the ground for a long time. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so, and so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents. And saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And remember, folks, once God gives you a talent, these people were given a talent, but the master was not there every day to ask them, what are you doing about the talent? Once God has given you an area of gifting, he leaves you alone. Hallelujah. The most gifted people sometimes are lonesome people. You'll get where I'm going with this thing. Amen. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler of many things. I need to give an example here. If a man comes to you and asks for 20 rents, and say, I will give it back at month end. And month end comes, and he goes missing. And later he comes, he says, listen, I actually need 2,000. Are you going to give him 2,000? Why are you not giving him 2,000? It's because if he was dishonest and unfaithful with small things, why would you trust him with bigger things? Uh, folks, you, you must never despise humble beginnings. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When God wants to propel you something, if, if God wants to make you a preacher, maybe in some of you, sometimes you look at us wearing microphones this morning and say, goodness, wow, it looks cool. Hang on there. That's not where it began. Hallelujah. Where it began, it had to be in a place where I had to be a song leader and a preacher to two old women. 
in their 80s. And I had to preach to them like I'm preaching at a convention. Are, are you here, folks? I did not look at that and say, ah, these two old women, rather than for me to preach to them, maybe let me just talk to them and let's not have a service. I had a service with them every Wednesday without a face. Hallelujah. And because they are old, sometimes they wouldn't say amen. They were just looking at me. Hallelujah. So I had to encourage myself in that smaller task. Are you here, folks? But because I was, I was, I was, I was honest there, today I'm not surprised if Zimbabwe invites me and I preach to 25,000 people. I say, because I was honest when I preached to two people, God, you can trust me that I can speak to more people. And that is why, help me understand, help me here as witnesses. The quality of services in this church are not different from Wednesday and Sunday. It's the same. How many are witnesses there? We don't become casual and say because it's Wednesday. In this church, we don't have the God of Wednesday and the God of Sunday. When I prepare the message, I prepare it like it's my last message and I must give out my best. And I'm challenging all you singers here. Hallelujah. God is not a God of Sunday. God is God on Monday. God is God on Tuesday. God is God on Wednesday. God is God on Thursday. And if he visits the church, let him find me in church on Wednesday. Don't worry. If you miss church on Wednesday, I'm not coming for you. I'm just speaking in terms of being stewardship. When you are a steward, you want to make sure that whatever you have is profitable to your master. And maybe to this church, let me give you a secret, folks. If you were to ask me to, in terms of the degree of importance between Sunday and Wednesday, which, which one is more important? I'd much better tell you, Wednesday is more important than Sunday. <laughs> yeah, now I've, I've, cost, I've just thrown a passion among the guests. Here's one thing. If I belong to a Methodist church, and I go there and I've got a role to play at Methodist Church. When do you think it's more opportune for me to visit a message church? Is it Sunday or Wednesday? And if I go on Wednesday and I found that the stewards are very careless, I'm going to look around and say I'm better off at Methodist. But if I find everybody at their post of duty, then I realized that if it is like this on Wednesday, I wonder how it is on Sunday. Folks, I'm coming back on Sunday to visit you. I'm teaching you how to be a steward. And as I'm preaching here, I will be stepping on your toes. It's deliberate. It's not a mistake. Because sometimes you need pain to grow. Are you with me, folks? Amen. And I know you love me even more. Uh, amen. Amen. Because, you, you know, a, a real medicine is the one that is bitter. Mm. The, the sweet medicine may end up giving you diabetic because there's too much sugar in it. Amen. A sugary gospel will give you a spiritual diabetes. 
Sometimes it has to be bitter to shake you out of your comfort zone. Amen. Can I share you with this? With, with, there's a church there where I was invited or I was requested to go and go and preach to, and I was still a boy preacher. I wasn't, oh, I went alone. When I got there, six o'clock, it was, actually it was Thursday, I got there, parked my car, waited. Six o'clock, no one came. Ten past, no one came. And I began to wonder, am I at the wrong address? Because by the look of things, if no one is here, that means I'm at the wrong place. Then around 25 past, another brother came with a big bag. And he says, Pastor, he, says, he said to me, I was not a pastor, I was just a brother then. He said, I said, hey, brother, how are you? He says, I said, are you sure we are at the right place? He says, yes, we are sure, because he stayed in the area. Then I said, oh, and the bag, what are you doing with the bag? He says, no, I thought they were not sending you. They were sending another brother that comes from this area. I wanted that immediately after the service, I want to go back home with him. So the only one that came to church is the one that was looking for a lift. Then I said, oh, okay. Unfortunately, they sent me. I said, are you really sure that you normally have seen? He says, I'm sure. The way I was shocked that there's only one person that came. I said, brother, I'm not going home. Jump into my car. We, we're going to visit all the believers. All the believers, you know where they stay. Said, yes, I yeah, know. We drove to the first house. And we walked in. Oh, they were relaxed. The whole family there. And I said, don't tell them why we are there. Just tell them that I'm just passing to greet. We went to all the places believers were there. But the church was empty. I phoned the one that told uh, the elder that sent me there. I said, with all due respect, in my lifetime, I will never go to that church. I will never preach to that church anymore. Don't send me there. It's a waste of time. I could have gone somewhere else. Do you think it's a healthy church? It's a weak church. All right. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Now, to then, he also had received two talents, came and said unto the Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strove. Let, let me, those that fail are the ones that often accuse people. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you find somebody failing, you will find them accusing people. 
if somebody was meant to do something and they have not done it, a lot of times it's the very people that say, I could have done it had it not been of the pastor. I could have done it had it not been of deacons. I could, let me tell you something. When you've got a burning desire to do something for the Lord, no pastor, no church, no nation, nothing will stand before you. You will be on the move for God. If you've got an excuse not to do it, that means you are not meant to do it. Are we together? A husband that fails at his husband's duties is the very husband that always accuses in the house. I am not respected in this house. Hallelujah. Then you know that there is a problem. I know one that never slept at home. As soon as he came home, he saw a teaspoon by the gate. He says, things are disorderly in this house. How can one come back home? It was because he wanted to cover up for his insufficiency. Hallelujah. A man that does what he's meant to do is comfortable in his own skin. Are you here, folks? So this guy, the first thing he accused the master. And said, I was afraid. Can you see the reason he buried it there? Is because there was fear. Hallelujah. And how many people today could have been assets in the kingdom of God. But because of fear, they can't do anything. Believers, the church is paralyzed by fear. Are we together? You heard brother, uh, brother, I would say even Roscoe here. Brother Maliko, Crosby Maliko, he mentioned and said that people are crippled by fear. Are we together? And I'm, as I'm sitting here, I wonder how many good songs are sitting in the pews. And people are afraid. What will the people say? I wonder how many good sermons are in the hearts of the people. But they say, me, I was, how can, how can I stand up with it? Let me tell you something. If God put it in you, you had much better make sure that you bring it out on display. Not for your glory, but for the glory of the Lord. Amen. Are we together? And, and, there is not, and some of you, the devil uses your background. Some of you, the devil will come. Let me, let me give an example, folks. If, if, if I've got a girl child, and I testify about the Lord, and I say, God is good. This message can preserve your young people. And my child, for some reason, falls into sin and becomes pregnant. Do I stop based on what the devil has done to her? Uh, Hello, folks. That's when we need the determination to go out and say, David, although he has done this to my child, now I'm going to testify that God is a restorer and he will restore my child back to his position. I'm saying the devil must never do anything to silence you. Are you here, folks? He must never use your background. He must never use your imperfections. He must never... There is absolutely nothing that the devil must use to stop you from testifying about God. If it is broken, testify that it's broken. But there is a God that can fix it. I know what I'm talking about, folks. Do you th- don't you think I've got challenges every time I come to preach to you? Many. 
But you know why? I ignore the devil. Because my focus is on God. I said, devil, you could have done that, but I'm not going to keep quiet. I'm going to preach about him. And I realized that the more I become faithful to him, he becomes faithful to me. Are you here, folks? How many years have ever been discredited by the devil? And say, you can't do it. Come on, folks. Starting with me. How many years? And say, not you. Tell him, yes, me. And he says, why do you think you say you don't know? He died for me. He redeemed me. Hallelujah. He forgave me. He justified me. Therefore, David, I've got scriptural rights to talk about it, to testify about it, and you are not going to do anything to make me keep quiet. I know what I'm talking about, folks. There are people that will say, Amen. Amen. But something goes wrong. Maybe the devil comes because your marriage is not immune. The devil comes and attacks your marriage. You and your wife get separated. And the devil from that time is saying, you are an amen corner. I don't want you to say amen because you failed in your marriage. And you come to church, you no longer say amen. And the devil is using you that. Tell him and say, devil, I was a believer before marriage. I will be a believer even when marriage has failed. I'm not a believer because of marriage. You may have come to church driving a beautiful car. And later the car gets repossessed and you've got no car and you walk to church. Let me tell you something. And the devil sees you and says, you can't say amen. You know what happened. You tell him and say, I am like Job. I came to the world with nothing and I will go out of this world with nothing. But if there is one thing that I want to go out of this world with, is the praise that I have for God. People, I want to say, even if the devil can take anything away from me, I say, devil, leave me with one thing, my ability to praise my maker. Are you, are you here, folks? I hope we are together here. But the man said, I was afraid. And every time you're going to do something for God, you must begin to know that you have declared the, the, the battle. Every time, whenever you can begin to say, God, this one, I'm going to do it for you. Know that the devil is upset. And he's going to fight. But he must never keep you silent. He must never keep you silent. He must never blackmail you. R- refuse the devil's report. Are you here, stewards? Amen. Have you ever seen when you are an employee and they hire a new boss and he comes in? We clever employees, we always want to make the boss feel like he is not equal to the task. As soon as he's introduced, then you fire certain questions at him. Say, if there is this problem, how do you solve it out? And you find that uh, this boss was managing cement. Now he's coming to manage a company of electronics. Then, just to make him feel that... Uh, and, and when we 
a, a boss that, is, that does not have confidence, the employees, they love such a boss. Because you can't hold them accountable. Isn't it so? And that's how the devil would want to make it like you. Whenever you, as soon as you say you believe God, he wants to punch holes in your testimony so that you may never talk ever again. But if somebody somewhere is depending on you to say something so that they can be released from the grip of the devil. Are you here, folks? And I liked it how Brother Crosby put it and said, it doesn't matter how you came into the message. You came anyhow. It may not be in a perfect way, but you came anyway. But the devil must never stop you from saying, and I know how it goes, folks. The devil just makes somebody to come to you and say, by the way, when did you come to the Lord? How did you come to the Lord? And you begin to look and say, do I say, actually, the brother backslid and came and married me, and that's why I came into the message. And a lot of people, they go nervous. If I was you, I would begin to say, praise be to God. God, you know, I did not know about the message, but God made the brother to leave the message, to come and get me in the world. I would have never come had I not seen that handsome man. And that is why I'm in the message today. Do you get where I'm going? You must always have the ability to throw it back at the devil's face. Are we making progress? Amen. I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that, thou hast that is thine. And folks, I was afraid. Young people that are in this church, if they were not in this church, or they were not in the message, not particularly this church, if the devil gets hold of them, he doesn't make them shy. They can go and you, sometimes we wonder, but this brother was a shy brother in church. He has left the church. Now he's even on, uh, what's the, what what talent on television? Britain has talent, what? Or idols. The very brother that could not maintain an eye contact with you, as soon as he backslides, he goes, he is even on television singing for idols, but he could not render an item here. He was worried about what are people going to say. But now he's on TV, he's not worried about what people are going to say. It's because the danger part in church, there is fear. Does it make sense, folks? Amen. Now he says, the Lord said, his Lord answered and said unto him, thou weakest and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strown. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. Then at my coming, 
I should have received my own usury, which is interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents. And some of you, you've got talents. Me, I don't have a talent for singing. If I was a good singer, you were going to get tired of me. Every Sunday I was going to have a song. Are we together? But a lot of you, you are afraid. You've got fear. You've got poor self-esteem. You say, what will the people say if it's me singing? If you are the only witness remaining, be that witness. You are not living for the people. You are living for your maker. Are we together? Don't care what the people say. Do what your maker made you to do. And disregard any other person and move forward. Are we together? And when you go to your grave, every person that is in this church and that is within the sound of my voice, never go to a grave with regret. You must go and say, I gave all I had. If there was testimonies in you, they were given out. If there were songs in you, they were sung. If there were sermons in you, they were preached. Make sure that when you go to the grave, you go empty. Amen. And it says, For unto everyone that that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth unprofitable servant. Hallelujah. Then it comes to where I come to Brother Branham's quotations. Brother Branham says in the message, I know my Redeemer liveth, paragraph 21. He says, now I want to draw this first into your mind. That there is not one thing that can destroy us until the purpose of of he who created us has been fulfilled. Hallelujah. Cancer will not destroy you until his purpose is fulfilled. There could be nothing. We are made for a purpose. This church was built here for a purpose. This foundation was not dark and the cornerstone laid and the blocks laid into the building. The roof and the interior were not put here just to see if it could be done. It was put here by a purpose and for a purpose. Your home that you live in was not just accidentally put there or somebody just wasting some time. Your home was made for a purpose, to serve a purpose. You did not drive this morning here in your automobile that your automobile was not made just to see if it could be made. The materials were not just wasted by men. It was put here for a purpose and to serve a purpose. The clothing that you wear were not just to see if somebody could fashion something. It was for a purpose. The food that you eat were not grown on the earth just to see it can grow. It was made for a purpose. Hallelujah. There is a purpose of us, of us, all of us here being here. You are not here just to be another human being. You are not here just to be another human being. You are here because that God made you for some purpose. You are not just here to eat the food that God growed. You are not here just to live in the house that men made or to wear the clothing that, the, the clothing that someone fashioned. 
You are here for a specific purpose. No matter how little you are, how big you are, how important you are, how unimportant you are, you are here to serve a purpose. Just as my finger is here for a purpose. My nail on my finger is for a purpose. My eye and every part of our bodies is here to serve a purpose. And I'm simply saying to you folks, it was God's divine plan to do so. And if we were put here for a purpose, then there is nothing can destroy us until God's purpose is fulfilled. Nothing can harm us until that purpose that God has put us here for has been made manifest. And I'm simply saying, you are not here so that you can be another human being. Hallelujah. When God fashioned you and made you, he made you to have a certain set of attributes that the next person does not possess. And those attributes, he knew that they would advance his kingdom. And it would be a shame after God had deposited certain attributes in you and you do not utilize those attributes. And the people are going around the world, moving around dead while they are still alive. Because the devil has convinced them that you have got nothing to offer at all. Even those that have been baptized and brought into the faith, some of them, they say, these people have been here for 20 years. Who do you think you are? Do you think you can begin to testify when you came last week? Tell the table and say, these people that are here for 20 years, 20 years ago, there was a time when they were here for one week. And if God preserved them for the past 20 years, he will do exactly for me. Are we together, folks? So, you are not just another believer in church. You were made for a specific purpose. If there is a body of Christ, you've got a role to play there. And you would much better say to the devil, without me, that body is incomplete. I'm the one that brings the completeness to the body of Christ. And the devil will say, you, where you come from and what you did, you say you don't understand. God was waiting for me. That's why the rapture never took place. Because I've got a role to play in the body of Christ. And I'm glad that God found me. And some of you, he says, he found you after you did this and that. You say, David, I would have never understood grace. I would have never understood the gravity of faith, of grace. God allowed me to go down there to experience what I experienced. And when they sing Amazing Grace, I sing it from another level. Because I know what he has done for me. Folks in the building today, there must never be any individual that has got no regrets whatsoever. No one must ever regret. The message found you at the right time. It was meant to find you the day you were found. I don't care what the devil says. You were not born in the message. But you appreciate more. Because you know where God took you from. Hallelujah. And if we were to open the floor now and say, is there anybody having a testimony for the Lord? I would be the first one to say, folks, I've got something to talk about. You don't know where he took me from. This is what I used to do. This is what I used to do. But today, the sins that I used to do, I do them no more. Because why? God has connected me to my purpose. 
every individual in this church is unique. Can, can never be replaced. You may not be a preacher. No one will replace you in this church. Your role is unique. You may not be a preacher. You may not be a song leader. But you sitting there, there is an atmosphere that you transmit. And without that atmosphere, the service is not complete. Hallelujah. The reason I go to church, folks, is not to add a number. It's because I know if I'm not there, there is a role that is fulfilled by me. No brother, no sister can fulfill that role. I must go to church because I've got a role to play. And a song leader comes here. He sings a song. And it used to be a beautiful song. He wonders the song doesn't go as he thought. It doesn't become a blessing. And he wonders, but the drama is still the same. He wonders the pianist is still the same. The bass guitarist is still the same. But the song is not coming together. What is happening? There is a sister. There is a brother. They are not singers. They are not preachers. But they've got an atmosphere that they transmit. And because they are not there, the song is not coming together. Do I talk to stewards this morning? Even when you have missed church, you say, oh God, the devil is going to have it. He's going to have a filled day today. Because from my chair, I don't know who will be sitting there. Oh God, help the person. Anoint the person that will sit on my chair. Because in my chair, there is a specific anointing that makes the church to move forward. We are not just additional members here. There is a role that we play. Are you not amazed when you are sick? We want to pray for you. It's because we know if she's out there or he's out there, there's a problem. We are not complete. And some of you, you are amazed when we come here, we sing and I look around to check. I know if that face is there, if that face is there, David, you're in trouble. I'm going to preach now. Because the church is well got. Are you together? But you know why you miss church? It's because you don't understand your role. You just think that I was there. Deacons to see me, hey, brothers. And off you go. No, you are a steward of the kingdom of God. There are certain demons that can only be mastered by you. Even the pastor cannot go to that area. Those demons, God has made you and capacitated you that you are the only one that can deal with that demon. Imagine when you are not in church. Some of you, your amen is the one that just keeps the demon of people making people to sleep, not to come into church. And you must say, hey, if I'm not in church, ah, they are sleeping. <laughs> Brother, mm, 
Masuma will know, there's a brother in Petersburg, it's called Brother Mujapilu. You will never sleep next to that brother. If you ever dare sleep next to that brother, I tell you, you will jump out of your sleep and run and people will think you have gone mad. Because when he is blessed, he hits the Bible. Say, glory to God. And all the people that sit around him, they know we are not going to sleep. Are you here, folks? So you're not just sitting there. There is a role that you play. There's something that you transmit. Some of you, your ministry, your ministry is just to say, when I'm in church, there are visitors there. I don't know what spirits do they come with. Some of them, they come suicidal. Some of them, they come thinking that is the end of the world. But when I'm there, I'm transmitting an energy of hope. You know why you are not stewards? You think it's all about here. What happens here is 10% of the service. Only 10%. But the people that contribute is those people that you don't see. Some of them, they were awake last night. And they knelt down and said, tomorrow is service, Lord. May you use your servant in a mighty way. And maybe I was about to sleep. And all of a sudden, I just see that I can't sleep anymore. I need to go and dig more. What makes me awake? The prayer of that sister. The prayer of that brother. Everyone in this church is important. Everyone. And everyone has got a role to play. Amen. Are we together? Do you allow us to go on, folks? Brother Branham in the message enticing spirits. He says, give me a preacher. Give me a Christian. Give me a housewife that's a Christian. Give me a farmer or a factory worker that will put God first in everything. I will show you a man that will be successful in spite of all the devil can put on him. He seeks God first. Are we together? If you can understand, some of you, companies that you work for, they succeed not because they've got the best strategy, not because they've got the best product, but just because you, you work for that company. Things are going right. The, some of you, you are the best strategy that your company has. How many believe that? If you were to dare leave them, they will close in no time. The clients are coming there not because there is a good marketing strategy, just because you are there. How many believe that? And you know why? Because you put God first. He says, show me any man, any woman that can put God first. I will show you a man that will succeed despite what the devil can put on him. 
What is the recipe for success? God first. Seek the kingdom of God. The rest shall be added. Are things going wrong in your life? It's about time you could put God first. If you put him first and you put responsibility on him, you will never go wrong. You will never go wrong. Are we together? Brother Branham says in this message, God doesn't call a man to judgment without first warning him. Paragraph 40. Now because we have a responsibility that we've got to answer to God someday for. Every man that come on the face of the earth has to answer to God for a responsibility and to many of us, a stewardship we have to answer for. This responsibility is a stewardship that's been committed to us by God. I don't care what it is. As I said a few moments ago, a housewife. I think this is beginning to be a role that is beginning to be undermined in the modern age. If people they ask them, what do you do? Some people are afraid to say, I'm a housewife. Amen. I'm told that you can say you are a house executive. <laughs> but all the hymns that Charles Wesley sang, they don't come from Charles Wesley. They come from Susanna Wesley. Who was what? A housewife. From a house, from a, that house, under the supervision of that housewife, came a messenger of the age. Came the songs of the age that we are still singing today. From a housewife. A housewife that is in line and in her position can shake the entire wheat bank. A housewife that is in her position can change a course of a generation. Are you here, folks? You don't just sit and say, I've got nothing to do. I'm depressed. I'm what? And uh, sisters, let me tell you something. You've got no excuse. And say, I'm a housewife. I'm bored. Why, why? I've got a task for you. Why don't you sit down and go through all the spoken word and extract all those beautiful testimonies of Brother Branham where he prayed for the watch that was not working, where he prayed for a refrigerator that was not working, and compile, the, compile them in a booklet and call them the testimony under Malachi 4. And you will publish that book as a sister. I know a few emails will come because some say it's impossible. If it is God's vision, it's God's provision. Yes. Voice of God recording is waiting for you to send them the manuscript and say, Brother, this is what I've compiled. Can you help me into a booklet? And it gets published around the world and it is done by a housewife. Who understands I've got a role to play in God's economy. What about that housewife 
that said, there's something wrong in our city. This city needs God. And she began to invite a, a renowned minister and said, come and preach for us. We are having a revival. And she printed the pamphlets and she was giving out the pamphlets around the community. And the day came and the preacher came and it was her and the preacher in the tent. And the preacher thought, and he said to the preacher, you had much better preach because I came to church. And the preacher began to open the scripture and began to preach and preach and preach. And towards the tail end of the sermon, there was a young boy that looked dirty that walked into the tent and took a seat and listened and gave his life to Jesus Christ. He went on to become an evangelist that led millions to Christ. Where did the story begin? With a housewife that knew who she was in God's economy. Come on, sisters. Come on, sisters. You have a role to play. Give me a farmer. That's right. If it's a farmer, be a genuine farmer. You know, if you're a genuine farmer, God through your farming can in the midst of a drought make you have a bumper harvest from your farm until other farmers come and say, what happened? And you say, folks, you don't understand. You don't understand. Do you know Brother Brenham says when we reach this season, there will come a time where if a brother needs rain, he will go to another brother and say, I need rain. And the rain will only rain on the farm of the brother. We are worshipping a God of paradox. Rain coming only on your farm. And your farm becoming productive. And other farmers gather around you and say, what is happening? You say, folks, you don't understand. I'm just not an ordinary farmer. I share my farm with Almighty God. I put God first, and that is why there is rain on my farm. God wants to use us to show the world that he can do the paradox. And I'm amazed, brethren, of brothers that do not qualify according to wealth standards and the jobs that they hold in their organizations. I say, ah, but this needs a degree. This needs specialization. But God says, no, that's what I need. It's him over there. Without a qualification, managing people that have got degrees. What do you call that? God on the move. Put God first. In every stewardship relationship, there are two parties involved. The master who hands out resources and will one day ask for an accounting. And the steward who is entrusted with the resources and must eventually answer for how they were invested. And folks, I said on Wednesday, we are going to attend a prize-giving ceremony. How many parents here have ever attended a prize-giving ceremony with their kids 
and you sit there and they call this other child and say, maybe for a lack of a better, Yvonne Sivanyon, I hope there's no Yvonne Sivanyon. Yvonne Sivanyon, the best student in English, in literature. And she comes there, takes the, uh, the prize, and there is, they clap hands for her. She goes back to her seat. And they come, they say, the best student in mathematics, Yvonne Sivanyon. And she comes there, she collects. And they come, they say, the best student in science, Yvonne Sivanyon. Then you begin to look at your child. Was it only Yvonne Sivanyon that was in class? Stay with me, this is serious. This is serious. Imagine we go to heaven. They say, this soul came to the Lord because of brother so-and-so. And the brother goes there, takes his crown. This soul came to the Lord because of brother so-and-so. And they keep on repeating the same brother. Are you not going to be ashamed that what did I do when I was down there? And I'm here as a minister of the gospel to remind you that you are a steward of the gospel of Jesus Christ and every year must hear the gospel. How shall they hear unless somebody is sent? And you are the person, not the next person. Folks, I want to give out my best. Me, I'm trying my best. You will see these things of website and what, what. It's not so that you can praise us. Is on that day so that when they come and say, this happened, can you imagine when we enter heaven and some soul come to you and say, God bless you, Brother Madiba. I don't think you know me, but I was in Zambia. I'm an IT specialist. I was just searching on the net and I came across the website of your church and I listened to the message. And from that time, I looked for a message church in my country. That is why I'm in heaven today. What, what, how will that make me how many of you that are singing some of you that are song leaders somebody say brother you sang a song and I was out there in the world but it was so anointed I say oh God I want to worship God and that is why I'm in are we together folks and a child comes and says oh you know, I was in a Sunday school, Sister Lorraine, as a young boy. I didn't understand anything. You taught us and say in the days of the void. I did not understand. I grew up and went to university. You never got to see me ever again. But that scripture stayed with me while I was still here. And today, that's why I'm in heaven today. We are looking for stewards, folks. And there is something that you do. You may regard it insignificant. But you will see souls coming in heaven. Some of you, you would have never said anything. But someone say, the way. My wife and I were traveling. I mean, we saw Sister Angela. She was coming out of varsity. Well dressed. And my wife and I were together and say, goodness, adversity. 
with such impeccable dressing, among, with peer pressure. Folks, she was well dressed, long sleeve. Hallelujah. Coming out of a university built, uh, campus. And I said, I wonder, I wonder what others are saying. Maybe others are making a joke. But one day, her testimony will judge them. And some will look at her and not say anything to her. But one day they will go somewhere and they will see somebody that dresses like and say, you know when we were at Teshari, there was a sister that used to dress the way you are dressed. What is happening? And they began to share with that person. But where did it begin? With somebody who was a steward. Folks, when you are, I think you understand colonization, how it works. South Africa was colonized by uh, Britain. The, the principles of a colony, those are demonstration of power, whether you like it. I'm not getting into politics. But the principles of a colony is that that country is not our country. It will be our colony. They will speak our language. They will dress the way we dress. The way, when they eat, the etiquette will be determined by us. And anyone that can behave contrary to what the colony is imposing, we regard them as uncivilized. Then we start here in South Africa, while we speak Zulu, both of us, we speak English. Because it's deemed to be intelligent when you do that. But it's because somewhere it is being controlled by a, a superpower somewhere. The Congolese, you look at the Congolese, the way they dress, the likes of Brother uh, 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 Maven and Brother Gracie. Did, did you see that they are quite uh, very well dressed people? Because they were colonized by the French, and the French are good dressers. And we South Africans are not good dressers because the British are not good dressers. <laughs> so, stay with me. Don't lose the... A colony influences, is influenced by the superpower. And the representatives of that colony, in, of that superpower in that colony, they know that we must influence everyone. The laws must be according to the laws of the superpower. So you end up being South Africa, but being British in South Africa because of what is happening. And I'm not politics, hear me out. Spiritually, this world, it's a colony of heaven. And you and I, we must influence the laws. We must influence the dressing. We must influence the language. Because we represent another superpower that must bring a colony here. If somebody swears, you say, we don't talk like that. And he wonders, why are you rebuking me? You say, where we come from, we don't talk like that. Have some manners. If somebody is not well dressed, we say, sister, we don't dress like that. Because why? We represent another superpower, which is the kingdom of God. And wherever we go, we must
must not be afraid to influence. Did you hear that? Amen. I hope you got the gist of what I was saying, not the political part. Amen. Brother Brandon says, he speaks about a, a song leader, Brother, Brother Cobble, Cobble, yeah. It says how in the message, in a still contending for the faith, and how that Brother Cobble sitting here told me he was converted out of the night lab. He and his wife. It's a gift. It comes from God. Now, the gift was in him when he was born. The gift was in the other man when he was born. But what they use it for is what, is what goes. Every man will have to answer for his talent. God gives men talents and they have to use it. Some can preach like a house on fire, but God requires these talents. And I'm thankful to know that these two brethren sitting back there have yielded their talents, which they could have been out there in nightclubs and everything, and are using those talents. And they surrender them to win the souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our talents must be used to advance the kingdom of God. And folks, Brother Bram says, whatever you do, I'm just going to be closing. Whatever you do, if the motive is right, if the objective is right, and it is the will of God, nothing will stand before you. And some of you, certain things we may regard them that is carnal. Maybe, maybe you're a brother. I'm just closing here. Let me close so that you know that I'm closing. Because pastors, they normally say, I will close, I will close until, but now I'm closing. If you, if you want to have a business, successful business, why do you want a successful business? Okay, I, I want to provide for my family. Why do you want to provide for your family? No, I want them just to be stable and be well off. Why do you want them to be well off? No, I mean, we want, we want to be our affordability levels to be better. Why do you want affordability levels to be better? No, so that we are better in our community. Then the motive is wrong. But imagine if you say, I'm, I'm giving you in closing, God, I need to have a successful business. Why do you want a successful business? Because I want to, I want to be available as a father for my family. Why do you be, want to be available as a father to your family? I want to work in such a manner that I determine my times. It's flexible so that my family never misses church. 
Why don't you want your family to miss church? Because we want to be spiritually sound and be example to other believers. And God, God now is beginning to nod. Furthermore, God, the reason I want to have a business is that if there are brothers that are struggling, I must be able to provide help for them so that the world must not laugh at us. Why do you want to employ brothers? So that they can earn some money and be able to contribute their tithes into church so that the kingdom of God can grow. God begins to say, all right, loan approved. Yes, yes, loan approved. But it's because the motive is right. Folks, I'm challenging every businessman in this church. If you miss church because of business, you don't understand business principles. A Muslim can teach you better. Oh, I just stepped on people's toes. If you say, there's that old woman, Sister Maria, 85, Sister Maria. Are you 85 this year? 80. She's running a bicycle shop. She's standing there running at 80 from morning until the evening, balances the books, but she's here on Wednesday. 80-year-old woman running her business full-time, but she's always in church. You are, you are young. You just have a smaller than a business, and you say, no, I can't make it to a church. I'm tired. Who are you misleading? Show me a businessman. Show me a farmer. Show me a factory worker that will put God first. I will show you a man that will succeed no matter what the devil does. Am I talking to a church here, folks? At 80, do you think for her to run that business and it's a very profitable business? She's not scratching for, 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 for clients. And uh, go and speak to her. How many souls received the Lord Jesus Christ in that bicycle shop? Many. The motive is right. The objective is right. God is there. She will never go wrong. Business people, can you hear me? When the numbers are not balancing, we've got the best accountant is the almighty God. He, There's a quotation that I wanted to read you last week. A brother, he comes to Brother Brenham and says, Brother Brenham, I want to open, there was an oil somewhere, he wanted to open a company, and he says, but another man came and prophesied that I cannot get the contract today. Brother Bram says, this man is away from the Branham Tabernacle. He says, for 17 years, he has been faithful with his tithe. And he says, Brother Branham says to the brother, well, if you heard from that man, maybe he heard from the Lord. The very same night, God comes to Brother Branham and says, that man, whoever told him, is a false prophet. He must go there. The contract is ready for him. He must disregard that man. What was God doing? Rewarding the faithfulness of the brother. 
today, you want to think it's your head, your plans, your strategies, God at the back. Have you ever been in a Muslim church, a Muslim shop, wholesale? Well, we are full on Friday. They chase us out. Out, out. Friday, month end, out. But I've seen people not leaving, waiting at the door while they had gone to the mosque. And after two hours, people waiting and they open. Do their business go down? They don't go down. Do they worship a true God? But we that worship a true God, when people are full, we say, hey, okay. Pastor won't come. It's busy here. Because you cannot be trusted with 20 customers. You want 1,000 customers. We want business people in this church. Oh, yes. They make life easier. We still want to put cameras. How can we put them if we don't have business people? But we must, me as a pastor must give them the right principles. That God first. God first. And you will see. Wasn't Joseph a steward? God raised him. He made decisions. And if you put God first, everything will go right. And you are teaching your kids a principle that they will never forget. Amen. And Brother Bram said, a human heart was made to be happy. It is God is interested in you becoming happy. And how can he make you happy? By answering your prayers. Are we together, folks? Amen. Will we put God first? Will we be the right stewards? I challenge you. You will see a revolution of success in your life, in your professional life, personal life, because the motive, the objective, and the will of God are in alignment. And God will bless you richly. God bless you, stewards. many have ever received opportunities that they knew the opportunities came from God? Folks, when God opens the doors, no one can close them. When God blesses you, no one can curse you. Be in partnership with God. You will go far. I surrender all to you, everything I give.
withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, I surrender, I surrender.
Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary.
gaining. How many are gaining your crown? Sometimes we fail. As stewards, sometimes we've got shortcomings. But today there is a realization that we've got a master. And whatever has been given unto us, whatever has been entrusted to us, we want to multiply it, O oh God. So that when we will come, we can say we have done the best that we could do. And you will say, you good faithful servants, that's what we want to hear when we come to the end of the journey. Here are your people, O oh God. They sang unto you. They surrendered themselves unto you. You know their needs. You know their battles. And Heavenly Father, some of them are in dire situations. But in the name of Jesus Christ, 
because the name of Jesus Christ is a mighty tower. The Russians run to it and are safe. I'm praying for them, O oh God. May you heal their people. May you heal every area of their life. May you deliver them, O oh God. May you lead them, may you guide them. You are God, and there is no God like you. That's why we saw some says, Jehovah is mighty in battle. Whatever they need, whatever blessings that they need, may you bless them, O oh God. Bless their plans, bless their activities, bless their families. Whatever they need, you can provide. We thank you, O oh God. Want to commit ourselves. We want to consecrate ourselves to you and say, use us in any manner that you see fit. We are like a clay in the hands of the potter. Mold us in any way that you see fit. It may not be a nice experience, but we know once the process is done, there will be a masterpiece. May you mold these people. May you shape them, O God. May you bring the best out of them. Because, Lord, you are such a good God. You are such a marvelous God. And I say, David, some of these people, you may have frustrated them. You may have frustrated their plans. But today, in the name of Jesus Christ, we've got an answer to every challenge that you may pose. May you make them to be victorious. May you make them to be victors. May they testify about you. May they glorify your name in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We glorify your name. We worship you. There is no God like you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the cross. Wona puli chokwe nesibo
Brother Branham says, Go to Christ up to Calvary. And he tore him apart, making an unconditional covenant with his people. And he says, He saw by himself that you can never fail. How many believe that? It, it was a custom in ancient times that if you came into a contract with a person, there will be an animal that you've got to, you've got to rip it apart, tear it into two pieces as a contract that everyone shall keep a part of their contract. But on Calvary, God took his son, tore him apart, and said, you are the covenant people you will never fail. And this morning, folks, I want to tell the devil, or you can tell your neighbor, I will never fail. Believe it. I will never fail. Why? Because there is a God that backs you up. There is a God that backs you up. There used to be a car called Colt, a double cab, I used to love it because it used to be written at the back, powered by Mercedes-Benz. And I said, called by that time, it was not a known brand. But what made people to buy called is because such a, such a world-class car manufacturer such as Mercedes-Benz yes. can endorse, endorse called and write, powered by Mercedes-Benz. And I'm saying, you may look at me as a petty slave, but folks, powered by the Almighty God. Whatever slave you may be, but the devil must know who's powering you. You know what it means? It means if cold fails, Mercedes-Benz reputation is at stake because they are the ones that endorse it. And this morning, God has endorsed you as a steward and say, David, this man and this woman, they are powered by the Almighty God. And my prophet comes, my prophet comes. He says, God will bankrupt the heavens before he allows his weight faith. What a baking. What a baking as stewards. Go out there and whatever you own, be a good steward. It is of your master. And multiply it. Be good at what you do. He says if you are a farmer, be the best farmer. If you are a businessman, be the best businessman. Until people can say, is it possible that one can be a businessman ethical or a businesswoman ethical and God makes them to prosper like this? God is interested in our success. Amen. Amen. I heard you, you said heaven's if heavens, there's a song that you were teaching them that speaks about heavens. I think we'll close on that one. Just turn around and say to your neighbor, it was good to see you in church. On that note, have a blessed week. You can come over here. Usi ti amazulu ah, 
Oh! 